Welcome to season three of This Is Me. My name is Katie Matten and in the previous two seasons, Siobhan met everyday Australians and they shared with us their life-changing moments. In this new season of This Is Me, we have 10 inspiring stories that will hopefully let you walk a mile in someone else's shoes. If you have a story you'd like to share, you can DM us at This Is Me Podcast on Instagram. Hi, I'm Jess. I'm 24 and currently studying my master's in research. And I went through about four to six years of eating disorders. There's some stains on your photo. They all cracks on your rusty frame. So Jess, let's get a bit of background about you. Mm-hmm. Have you always lived in Brisbane? Yeah, always. So I grew up in Amberley when I started my life. And then we moved to Brisbane when I started school. And who did you grow up with? I grew up with my mum, my dad and my nana. No brothers or sisters, but I do have a few cousins, but most of them are in Perth. So pretty much just with adults my entire life. And happy childhood? Yeah, very happy, very good. Dad was away a lot because he was in the Air Force, but my mum and my nan were around quite a lot because of that. And after he discharged from the Air Force, he was, you know, back around a lot too. And yeah, it it was pretty good. And how was school life for you? School life was interesting. Mid-primary school, I got bullied quite a lot. And it went on for a few years, probably from preschool to at least grade six, when the girl got asked to leave school. Mum often talks about it, that people get jealous of things that you have and they want to feel the same. I had a really good family structure. I did sport. I was good at school. So... That might have been one of the reasons, but it's pretty hard to pinpoint. Was it the same girl through your primary school? Yeah, for the whole six years, yep. (laughs) Were you able to talk to teachers about it or? I guess at first I didn't because I was a lot younger, so I didn't really realise what was going on. But it wasn't until it started getting more physical. So there was one day that we were doing swimming during school and I was actually pushed under the water and had my rash shirt torn around my neck to kind of choke me Um, and it was at that point where people started getting involved and the lady who was helping out with swimming told me that that's not right and that I need to go talk to somebody so I was in and out of the office quite a lot. I got told to contact the office and speak to the deputy head principal every time something happened and I was in there on a weekly basis. Were you good at swimming? I was terrible at swimming Uh, and I don't want to go in the water anymore since. (laughs) Really? Yeah, well, I was bad at swimming to start with and now I just prefer to stay away. Do you think that the bullying stayed with you? Maybe a little bit, but not quite as much. I think I am a little bit more protective and cautious when I get to know people and I definitely have a hard time opening up. I'm really good at putting on a really confident front, but then if you actually try and get to know stuff about me, I'm a lot more hesitant. And I think that's probably because of that. I used to think the more that people know about you, the more that they can use to hurt you. So that might be where that comes from. And how was high school? Grade eight was my first year of high school and I actually had a really big surgery in that year. So I had to do a lot of school from home and then our school had a lot of stairs and I was on crutches for 
most of the year. So I had to do my work in the library away from everyone, which was difficult. What was the surgery for? I had an infection in my foot bone and it caused my big toe not to grow properly. So basically, if you look at your hand, my foot looked like a hand and my big toe was your thumb. And I did gymnastics for 13 years and you definitely need to have some strong feet for that. How long did you do gymnastics for? When did you start gymnastics? So I started in preschool because one of my best friends at the time was doing it. And then I went right through until about grade 11. Oh, wow. So that was your passion and you were good at it? Yeah, I loved it. It was great. Halfway through grade 11, I'd stopped doing gymnastics. So pretty much just lost a part of my life that I did full time. I love gymnastics. It was fantastic. But at the end of the day, after school, it doesn't really get you too many places. You know, if I kept going, I could go to the Olympics if I wanted or do something like that, which is amazing. But for me, I really wanted to focus on figuring out what I wanted to do, getting a career, finally having a social life and having a first job because that was something that you really couldn't do while you were training. We would train like six till 8.30 every morning and then four till seven every night. And then we train on Saturdays as well. So trying to fit in schoolwork on top of that was really difficult. And then trying to see friends was even harder. Tell me about when the eating disorder began. I would say that it began after I finished gymnastics. Because I was training so much, I was always really thin and I was always really fit and I could eat whatever I wanted. And coincidentally, went through puberty the same time I finished gymnastics. So it was a whole lot of changes at one time that I just wasn't ready to deal with. And I'd always grown up around boys as well. So I got really, I guess, embarrassed and uncomfortable with the way that I looked. And then we had things like formals coming up and just being told to look a certain way and dress a certain way and wear certain things. And for some reason in my mind, I just thought, okay, well, a way to lose weight is to stop eating. Were you ever self-conscious about how you looked as a younger child or do you think that it did begin when you stopped gymnastics and when puberty were there ever any alarm bells that you look back on before then yeah for sure I was like I would say most of my life I was pretty uncomfortable with how I looked I was always taller so I was always bigger than everybody I was a good head taller than most of the girls so I always looked bigger than everyone so I always tried to make myself smaller so that I would kind of fit into the mold um And I would say I was most uncomfortable probably starting through like grade six or seven when I started to to develop and become a woman and most people hadn't hit that point yet that I was training with. So I was going through a stage that nobody else was and that was really tricky because I looked really different to everyone and I'd already looked really different beforehand and then trying to you know, fit into leotards and make sure that leotards don't ride up or they don't move when you're becoming a woman is very difficult. That definitely stays with you. And then when I got into more senior levels, I was being told, don't eat that, don't eat this. 
and that became really tricky. So it was kind of things that built up over time, I would say. What were they telling you not to eat? Well, one thing that a lot of us would do because we did our gymnastics program at our school is we would go to the tuck shop of an afternoon and we would just buy some snacks. Most of the time, because we were a bit younger, we would buy snacks that probably weren't so healthy, but you know, we could get away with it because we trained so much. And that's when we started being told, you know, don't eat those sweets, you need to be eating healthy. And we were still quite young, so... Like early teens? Yeah. The coaches definitely had the best ideas at heart, but just the way that it would come across sometimes was, oh, you know, you just can't eat that. When you decided to give up gymnastics and you weren't training as much, did you find that you put on weight? Yeah, definitely. When you've done something for 13 years of your life and you haven't really had to plan things like physical activity or exercise, it's so difficult when you just cut it out cold turkey and have no idea what to do. Like, I'd never been to a gym before. I'd never done any other organised sports. So I thought I was too old to, to join in with anything else because other people had already been doing that for years. So, of course, I'm not going to be selected for any school teams. So I tried to start just doing things like running. For some reason, I just decided to take it to the extreme. So I'd run, I'd start at probably five kilometers and I worked up to 10 or 15 and I wasn't doing it for fitness. I was doing it to be skinny. Did you talk to anybody at that time about how you were feeling about being self-conscious, about putting on weight? I did. Um, I talked to one girl about it and this is kind of where I pinpoint things started coming from. So I was talking to one girl about, you know, feeling uncomfortable and putting on weight and she opened up to me that she had like eating disorders in the past as well and it was never really something that I had thought of before and then she kind of talked about you know how she lost a lot of weight because of it and I think one thing spiraled to another and somehow in my brain that translated to this is what you're going to do now this is how you're going to get thin so it went from over exercising running ridiculous amounts to restricting food and that was a way that it started At first, when I started restricting food, I just cut out carbs and then I found, oh yeah, I'm starting to look the way that I want to again. I'm starting to to be how I was when I was doing full-time sport. And then I cut out fats because I thought fats made you fat, which I have since realized that they definitely do not. And then I was pretty much just eating protein and vegetables. And then I ended up cutting calories and I was probably on about 800 calories maximum per day and it was just salads and bare minimal meat. Did your mum notice when she did dinner or your dad that you weren't eating certain things? Not at first because when I had started cutting food I would still eat a dinner but then when I started going to the bathroom after dinner all the time then they started noticing that something was wrong. 
so you cut out carbs, you cut out fats, mm. you were eating protein and vegetables, but you weren't happy with just that? No. And I don't know what it was. To this day, I don't know why this was a goal that was stuck in my mind, but I was just so obsessed with being 40 kilos. Being 40 kilos was just this goal that I had. So after I'd started looking the way that I wanted to, I just kept taking it further and further and further. And at that point, it wasn't about being thin anymore. I think it was about trying to make myself better, even though I was making myself worse. When I lost weight, I felt better. When I was skinnier, I felt better. When I threw up my food, I felt better, even though I felt terrible. And it was just trying to to find happiness, which I'd somehow lost, and just try and find my way back. But instead, I was going backwards. And it's a really weird thing to try and explain because you're hurting yourself to make yourself feel better. But that was the only thing that would make me feel good at that point in time. A lot of people talk about eating disorders being a control thing. Yeah. Did you find that for your case, that was one thing that you could be in control of? Yeah. And I think that's where it stems from. Like, you know, just because it happened at the time where, yep, we had formals and we were graduating and all that kind of thing and you want to look good for formal. I think that that's how it started. But then at the time as well, I had finished doing something I was doing full time. So I was no longer doing gymnastics. So that's one thing that I lost. We were coming up to finishing school and I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. So that was so scary and confronting because the school kept saying to us, you need to know what you have to do. You can't change degrees. You know, it's really hard to change degrees. You have to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. That just stressed me out so much because I had no idea. And then there was just all these other changes going on. And I definitely felt like I was losing control a bit. Like I just had no idea what I was doing or where I was going. And it was just so scary. And then when I started kind of trying to make myself look good, feel good for things like formal, I realized that that was something that I could actually control really easily. And I think that that's why I took it too far. I was just so lost. So I think I clutched onto that because that was a constant that I always had 100% control of when I didn't feel like I had it for anything else. As you lost more and more weight, how did you feel? I just wanted to keep getting thinner and thinner and thinner and the thinner I got, the happier I was with myself, even though I felt terrible on the inside. From there, I cut more calories and then I was eating meals like lettuce and a handful of meat at most for meals. And then I started doing things like cutting out certain meals. And then I realized that I couldn't keep that up. Um, And I was getting really moody and I was getting um, such bad cravings just to eat anything. And to deal with that, I started eating what I wanted, but I would throw it up. I think it was a desperate effort of, okay, I'm losing control of this situation now because I just need to eat and my body just wants to eat, but I don't want to. So I'll eat, but I won't let it stay. And I think that's where I took it. Did anyone notice at the time how much weight you were losing? My friends noticed, but they were too nervous to say anything because they didn't know what to say. And I think that's so fair because if they had said anything to me at that time anyway, I probably would have snapped at them because 
that's kind of what happens when you stop eating you start losing control over your moods as well and you just become really grumpy and angry and snap at the people who care about you and my mum and dad noticed as well and they tried to help me and they sent me um to a psychologist but I didn't speak to her at all at that stage you don't really want help because you don't recognize that anything is wrong I started my first year of uni you know, a lot of changes again, and I really just didn't know how to deal with them. I got to my lowest point where I was throwing up at least twice a day, and one of those would be at uni as well. I just felt disgusting, and that's when I realised, like, something is wrong if you're trying so hard to hide this. Were you throwing up everything that you ate? Most of the time it would be dinners because I'd be home so it would be really easy to do that. How were you feeling at that time in yourself? Did you feel depressed? Definitely. I felt um, depressed. I had so many friends but I felt lonely. Um, I can't even explain how I felt. I felt blank. I felt nothing. The only thing that kind of made me feel anything was music because it would just kind of drown out how I felt about myself because there was always a little voice that was just telling me to like take things further and stop eating more and do less stuff and work out more and all that kind of stuff. And the only thing that would help me is just listening to music and just trying to drown it out. Because it starts off being something that is about looking good and being slimmer, but it doesn't necessarily stay just that, does it? No, it starts off so innocent and it just starts off with okay, I've just stopped doing this sport full time. I've put on some weight. I want to get back to where I was and I want to get fit and healthy again. So I'm going to do that. But then I think extra stresses get thrown your way. And for me, my family does have a history of having things like depression. um, And I have seen it around me. And I definitely know that it's something that I was probably more inclined to get. And I think that that's why I took it so far. Um, but I think all those changes around that time changed something that was really innocent and just trying to get fit again, feel good about myself and just took it to the extreme. When you went to see the counsellor, um, and you didn't really want to talk to them, how were your parents after that? Um, my parents were really upset after that. But I was in a stage where I only cared about myself and I only cared about getting thin. And if anybody knows me now, that's not what I'm like. It was like a different person almost. Like I couldn't see how much I was hurting other people. And all I could think about was just achieving this unknown goal that I'd set for myself. I was just going to pass away by 18 um and that's kind of what I was heading towards and that was kind of what I'd I just that's all I thought was going to happen I didn't think I was going to get any further than 18 my goal pretty much or what I thought was going to happen to me from when I got into such a dark place was I was just going to pass away were you aware of what damage you could do or were doing to your body not at the time my gums had started peeling because I had been throwing up so much and my throat was so sore and I was having to use an old person's 
like moisturizing mouthwash just to be able to like swallow and, and talk without pain. So when I started realizing those things that were happening, I started thinking, God, like what else have I done to myself? And, you know, to this day, I have terrible stomach issues that I have to deal with. I get so much pain. I got more body hair on my arms, which is common when you lose a lot of weight um, because your arms hair is trying to keep you warm. And how is your depression at this time? Terrible, terrible. I had been going through that and then because that was so all-encompassing, I couldn't focus on uni. I dropped out of uni and I said, I'm never going back, I can't do this. And I kind of just lost all hope in my abilities because I'd finally started realizing that something was wrong and I needed to do something. For a year or two, I continually tried to to get myself back on track and to overcome what was going on. Um, My mom and dad tried to help me the most, but I finally realized the burden that it had on them and I didn't want to put any more burden on them. So I promised them that that I would start fixing it myself because I kind of got an ultimatum that was you either start helping yourself or you're going into a hospital. I declined going into a hospital because I didn't want to be force fed and that's the only thing I could think about and that's why I didn't want to go. At what point did it get to when your parents suggested going into a hospital? Um, probably when I was getting around like the 50 kilo mark and my dad knew that I was trying to work on myself and knew that I was trying to eat more and trying to overcome what was going on, but I was still losing weight. Um, so he started weighing me every Saturday and to get around that, I started drinking a liter of water to put on a kilo before I was weighed in. I would strap mini weights to myself so that I weighed a little bit more so that when I weighed in, I'd be at the weight that they wanted and look like I was making progress, even though I wasn't. I'd eat and then I'd go in my room for a little bit, but I wouldn't wait for too long. And then I'd go to the bathroom and have a, a shower but it was really turn the shower on, throw up in the toilet, flush it down, have a shower. And I would put music on as well. Not because I like to listen to music in the shower, but because I knew that it would hide what I was doing. And it was partly because I was ashamed of it and I didn't want them to hear, but I also didn't want them to know that I had been trying to get better, but I couldn't. Um, And I didn't want to feel like I was failing at that as well because I I just dropped out of uni. I'd failed at that. I was trying to get better and I I couldn't and I was just trying to hide it more and more. Just trying to fight the urge to throw up or trying to fight the urge not to binge eat. And I'd even tell myself, like, you don't need to do this. You can just have a little bit and be happy with that. Like, just don't take it too far and then there was this other voice in my head that just takes over and it just tells you to do it most of the time at the start I lost that battle I would sit there for half an hour fighting myself going no and then it was just something that had a hold on me that just told me to keep doing it did you feel uncomfortable feeling the food go down and feeling full yeah I hadn't felt full for such a long time so didn't really have to eat very much at all to feel full um so yeah I definitely felt uncomfortable 
being full in my mind at that point in time. I was like, oh, if you feel full, you're going to put 20 kilos back on. I'm 175 centimeters tall. So my normal weight now is between 70 and 75 kilos and that's healthy. And I got down to 45 kilos being 175 centimeters. So if you do the maths on that BMI, it's beyond unhealthy and it's beyond skinny. And I'll just look at myself in the mirror and be like, wow, look how nice you look. When did you decide that enough was enough and you were going to make a change? It's when I had dropped out of uni and I was working part time at a sports store and my manager at the time knew that something was wrong and I asked to work full time there so that I had something to do and something to work towards and he said to me you can work full time here but you need to work on yourself while you're here and that's when I really started thinking more people are noticing more people know what's going on with me I know it's a problem now because I've just had to to drop out of university I can't go do things. I can't go see people. I feel terrible all the time. And that's when I started really making a change and going, okay, like I really need to fix something here. And that's when I started fighting the urge to throw up more. You go through cycles with it, especially when you're recovering. There's no way that you're just going to go, yep, I'm just going to eat normal and I'm going to be fine now. It goes through waves. You have good times where you feel like you're progressing and then you have a setback and then you progress again and then you have a setback again and took me a few years to get through that and to finally break through and be how I am now and just eat food and be okay with eating food. Did you feel good as you were able to be a bit more in control of it? Yes and no it depends on what stage I was at so at the first stage is definitely not because I was fighting against what the voice in my head wanted me to do and I was eating and I was feeling a little bit better and the voice in my head was like "Mm, no you should not be feeling good so at first it was really hard and I felt guilty eating and I felt gross and the more I got through it and the more days I'd go without throwing up the better I'd feel and I could go out with my friends again and I could eat and I could go to a breakfast and actually eat something instead of going oh I ate beforehand I'll just have this little thing I could actually go out with people and socialize again and just be normal instead of being there and stressing about what kind of food we're going to go to because it might be something that I don't think that I can eat. Imagine it would have been stressful as well trying to hide it all the time. So hard, so hard to hide it and the further you get through it the harder it is to hide because more people catch on. The reason why they can get out of control so fast is you can do so much before you start losing weight and before people start noticing and after it's progressed is when people start to realize but you've already lost control people realize but people also don't know what to do and a lot of the time it's not their place to say something and they also don't feel like it is I would never say to anyone that you know oh you should have said something about it no you definitely shouldn't have because There was people who were trying to help me and I kept rejecting it and I kept telling them, I'm fine, I'm fine, just let me do what I want. And I could be so aggressive because of what was in my head and what was going on. So I think that's the difficult thing about something like an eating disorder is it's such a mental game and it changes you into a completely different person. How many years do you think it took you to be able to actually have a whole day where you ate your meals and you didn't have to cut down or throw up? I probably 
wasn't able to eat a full day of food normally until three years ago. So it took me four to five years to eat normally. And when I first started getting better, what I would do is I would just kind of snack and have little meals because I felt good having little meals, but I couldn't have a big meal. It was something about a big meal that scared me so much. So I started having really little meals. Um, and then I finally built up the courage to go back to my psychologist. She made me keep a food diary. And we realized that I had trouble with big portions of food and I would just snack throughout the day. So I would have enough so that I would be able to move and I'd have energy, but I wouldn't have enough to make any sort of change. She started giving me a bit of structure. I kind of lost the ability to know what eating normally was. I didn't know how to eat at all. So eating normally didn't come back until somewhat recently. I couldn't accept help until I was at the stage where I knew that I could control at least a little bit what was going on inside of me because people had been trying to help me all throughout and I pushed them away every single time. As you were getting better, you went back to uni? Yeah, actually. So when I finally started working on myself, one of my goals was to get back to university. So I just went back into human movement sciences. You ended up finishing your degree. Yeah, and it led me into the the job I do now. So I work as an exercise physiologist and I work in private practice with chronic conditions mainly. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that would be super rewarding as well. Yeah, so rewarding. It was a way to address the issues that had gone on with me, but kind of help other people work their way through those issues like I did. It's confronting again because, you know, you might be working with people who have had eating disorders and that's really hard when you have that in front of you again. It's almost like a trigger and it sets off those memories again. But the really rewarding thing out of it is I can give you something really special that was given to me and I can help you work your way through this and live a healthier life through things like exercise and, you know, get you on the path where you want to be. That's awesome. Yeah. And you're enjoying it? Yeah, I love it. So good. Do you ever struggle with any thoughts around food now? All the time. Yeah, all the time. One of my huge misconceptions early on when I was trying to get better was that I would get 100% better and I would never have any trouble again. And that's just not the case. An eating disorder is a mental health disorder just like anything else. You need to learn skills to overcome what's going on and to control what's going on, but it's never going to fully leave you. It might have less of an impact throughout your days, but you're always going to have it in the back of your mind. So I have a lot of fear around certain foods still. So I can't eat brown rice because my stomach, I just can't handle it after what I did. And going to new restaurants can be really hard because now I'm just fearful of how my body will react to it, gastrointestinal issues because of what I did. I'm so much better at eating now, but you still do get the times where you're like, hmm, I could just eat all of that and it can go away. But now I'm like, oh, that's silly. Don't do that. What are you thinking about? Yeah. And it's been at least two years 
since I've done anything like that. But I have all of these performance goals now and things that I want my body to be able to do. And now I know that if I want to be able to do that, I need to eat and food is what I need. This is what I need to have. Eating disorders are not necessarily something that ever go away, but it's about having the mental strength to overcome your feelings around it. Yeah, that's how I feel for me at least. I had eating disorders and that was my way to deal with stress at that time. So if that's my way to deal with stress, when I get stressed again, that's how I'm going to deal with it. So I need to realize that and go, okay, well, that's not how you deal with stress. You need to do something else, kind of rewire it and go, well, that's not a healthy way to deal with what's happening right now. How else could I deal with that? Hmm. Jess, thank you so much for telling your story today. You're a real inspiration, the fact that you went through all of that and that it was yourself that got you out of it and, Mm. and managed to get you on track to where you are now and helping other people. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully helping other people. There's some stains on your photo. They all cracks on your rusty frame. Eating Disorders Queensland provide the largest community support and treatment services for individuals and families living with and recovering from eating disorders. Visit eatingdisordersqueensland.org.au.